Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus both possess the qualities we're looking for in our team. Tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic winners. It was an easy decision for me. What am I about and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Now, here's Kevin Powell. Day started with some big Aaron Rodgers news. Four more years in Green Bay for the two-time reigning MVP. $200 million contract. And then a blockbuster trade. Russell Wilson headed to Denver. Uh, Seattle sending the nine-time Pro Bowler to the Broncos. Uh, multiple picks going back to Seattle. But if you're the Broncos, you love that deal. Obviously, there were reports last year that Ryan Pace was trying to get Russell Wilson from Seattle. Obviously, that didn't work out. But a big, big day in the NFL. This is episode 31 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a while, but uh, tons of Bears stuff to get to as well. Uh, the scouting combine wrapped up as we inch closer to the draft later uh, in April. So I uh, wanted to cover the NFL news, talk some Bears as well, and and uh, caught up with Matt Verderam from Fansided. Here's my conversation. Now joining me on the podcast is Matt Verderam. He's a uh, national NFL reporter for Fansided. Appreciate you jumping on, Matt. And we've got some, uh, some big football news today. We'll get into some Bears stuff. And I know you're at the scouting combine, so we'll touch on that as well. But the big news today, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Four years, $200 million that's being reported uh, for the quarterback, after all this drama over the past uh, year, year and a half or so about whether he will stay or not, uh, your initial reaction when you saw the news that uh, Rodgers was sticking around for, well, well, at least it's a four-year contract. We'll see if he plays out the entire deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised he's back. You know, I, I felt like last year he wasn't going anywhere. I felt like this year he probably wasn't going anywhere, although I, I threw it out there yesterday on Twitter somewhat of a report, I guess, maybe just kind of what you're hearing, but um, Denver was real. Denver, from my understanding, was a real thing. That actually, like, he was really close to going there, but in the end, back with the Packers, I think for the Packers, you look at it a few ways. First of all, you have to be happy. I mean, he's a two-time reigning MVP. He's back on your team. It gives you a shot to win a Super Bowl here. You would assume him as long as he's healthy for the next few seasons. Uh, on the flip side, it basically says that Jordan Love is, is never happening there, which you know, okay, first-round picks don't always come up roses, but that's a, that's a whiff. Now you're going to have to, I would think, trade him. Um, I, I would think that makes the most sense. And then, you know, look, are you, are you happy that you're paying 50 and then eventually what's going to be on the cap, $60 million a year? Um, it's a lot of money. The cap's going to go up big next year. I think in the end, if you're the Packers, you kind of swallow hard, but you feel like that's going to give us the best shot to win. So you do it. Um if you're the NFC North, you're not thrilled. If you're Denver, you're crushed. But if you're if you're the Packers, you're Aaron Rodgers. You feel like you've just extended your window for a few years. Look, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is on your team and you have a decent roster around him, you're going to be competing at minimum for a division title. And there are plenty of teams around the league who are desperate just to just to have a winning record in a season. I mean, my God, for Bears fans, it's just a nightmare. Every single year. So if you're Green Bay, you absolutely do this. You're thrilled if you're a Packers fan. Yeah, I hadn't even thought much about the whole Jordan Love thing. Um, 
I mean, I guess in hindsight, it looks like a wasted first round pick, but at the same time, it's like, all right, I, you can kind of see Green Bay's side of like, this is a dude who, mysterious in some ways, didn't seem like anybody really had a great idea of where where exactly he was going to go or what he wanted to do. But yeah, I'm sure they're going to figure something out with the whole Jordan Love situation. Um what uh, what do you think his reasoning was? I guess what are you hearing about why he did end up staying in Green Bay? Other than the obvious reasons, he's had a ton of success there. He's been there his whole career. Um, but what was the difference maker between you know him actually bolting for Denver? Well, I think a lot of it ends up being you know relationships got repaired and and things were good in the building last year, and they they stuck by him despite his. Um, his wording and his verbiage on, on his on his uh, COVID nineteen vaccine that it was not, uh, you know they they really did support him. They brought in Randall Cobb. They did everything they that he possibly could have asked for. They fulfilled those wishes. And so, look, I think he felt loved. He felt like they cared about him again and, and, and all that. I also think again, it is sometimes the most obvious thing. They're really good. They've been a number one team in the NFC the last two years, and they've not gotten to the Super Bowl. But they have, have been knocking on the door. They'll bring back Devontae Adams. Now, they're going to lose some pieces this offseason. I mean, that, that's just going to happen, okay, especially after this contract and, and the Adams tag and everything else. I mean, they're not going to be able to keep everybody. So there are going to be some guys who are, who are cut and or just walking. Um, but they're still the best team in the division. And in that conference, I mean, who's better than them? You want to argue the Rams are better than them? You know, okay, I, I would take the Packers. Um, you know, the Niners, I mean, it depends a hell of a lot on Trey Lance and what he does. But that's a bad conference. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers, now that Brady's retired, I mean, you, you've got to be feeling like, if I can't get to the Super Bowl now, I'm never doing it. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm never going to get back. So, um, I, you know, how much of that is, hey, Denver's in the AFC, it's a really good division, it's a great conference, like, I don't know. I think as a competitor, you know, he probably would have felt like I can go in there and win anyway. But I do think... Familiarity, good relationships, and yeah, I think there's a little part of it that goes in. It's just an easier road. Come on, I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. Yeah, well, for the Bears, I know a lot of Bears fans are uh, not thrilled today with the news. I think everybody's just counting yeah. down the days to, you know, and by the way, Packers fans, like you, if there are any Packers fans listening to this, I doubt it, but if there are, like, they have been so spoiled. Like, Packers fans, if Rodgers plays this out, the full four years of the contract, that's essentially, I think I saw it's like a total of, 34 years between Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that that's football yep. heaven right there. That is football heaven. On the counter, the Bears have been in football hell with the quarterback situation. Someday, maybe, Packers fans will understand what it's like to not have, uh, at least for a certain generation of Packers fans, what it's like to not have a franchise quarterback, and especially how spoiled they are to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who – is the best quarterback in football, I think, right up there with Mahomes, and we could have that argument. But, yeah, it's a tough day, I guess, for Bears fans. But, look, um, I think I tweeted this at some point last year during a Bears. I think it was the the game Rodgers did the whole I own you thing, and it was a late comeback, and it was like we've seen this story a million times where there's some false hope the Bears have in a Bears-Green Bay game, and then Rodgers you know, tosses a dagger late in that game, which was the case. And I said, you know, one day this rivalry will be more fun when Aaron Rodgers isn't here. 
in an ideal world, Justin Fields turns into a franchise quarterback, and then over the next four years, we have some really great games between the Packers and the Bears. That's that's some wishful, optimistic thinking from me. Um, we'll see what pans out. I haven't had really a chance to pick your brain on, on your thoughts on the direction of the Bears. Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, you were down in the combine. Um I guess just your initial thought on, on those guys so far. What did you hear about Poles and Eberflus and the buzz around the Bears down in Indianapolis? I think there's a belief that those guys are real pros. Uh, not not to say the patient that you aren't, but I think there's a belief in Poles. That, listen, I, he's somebody who spent a long time in Kansas City, and he saw how things went when it wasn't working, when, when Scott Pilly was there. Okay, And then you got to see how, how it was through the rebuild and, and kind of their – the rise when John Dorsey was there, and then he got to be there when they won it all. And so that's a really nice perspective in the same building of, okay, this is what does not work, and this is what does. And I think there's a lot of people in the league who feel like that will really serve polls well, um, that, that he wasn't just there for when they were good for three or four years and they won a Super Bowl. He was also there when they were 2-14 and 14 and fans were flying banners over the stadium during games and wearing black to the stadium because it was like a funeral. Okay. Um, so I think there's that thought with Eberflus. He's a guy who's really well respected. Uh, you know, the, the real question is going to be offensively, you know, how do they run that team? Because he, of course, is a defensive guy. But if they can, if they can have just a good quality system in there to put around Justin Fields, I think most people feel it's a good system and now or it's a good situation. And now I think it becomes, okay, the Bears do not have the first-round pick this year because, of course, they traded to move up the field. Um, what are they going to do, whether it be in free agency, whether it be in the draft? I think everybody feels like look, they've got to get better up front. They've got to get better up front. Last year's offensive line was a disaster. It was an embarrassment. You know, Tevin Jenkins hopefully back healthy and all that, but they've still got to add. Um, and then, you know, with Allen Robinson looking like he's going to hit free agency, like what are you – what are you going to build around him? Their focus this offseason, you're not going to fix everything in one shot. It's got to be to give Justin Fields the best shot to grow and to succeed as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, it starts up front, obviously, the offensive line. And Ryan Poles was straight up when he was asked about it at the combine. He, he, he almost seemed disgusted when talking about the play of the Bears offensive line, talking about how some guys need to be pushed a little bit more and all that. And I, I think, I, you know, I am optimistic with the fact that he does have an offensive line, but he was an offensive lineman. He's been um, applauded for his scouting work when it comes to the offensive line. Um, and then at the receiver, the position for the Bears, Allen Robinson, as you mentioned, likely heading to free agency. They are extremely thin at the receiver right. spot other than Darnell Mooney. They really have nothing. The good news is everything I'm reading and we see potential. I know Chris Godwin looks like he's either going to get tagged or signed. Um, yep. You can cross him off the list. But it, it does appear to be a very deep offseason, whether you look at the draft or free agency for the receiver spot, which is very good news for the Bears, and it's up to Ryan Poles to identify that talent and then bring him to Chicago, but uh, I guess talk a little bit about the options at receiver and who you like, uh, either in free agency for the Bears or uh, via the draft. So the draft's loaded. Okay, It's not a great overall class, but if you need edge rushers, if you need receivers, this is the draft for you. I mean, there are guys everywhere. And so, listen, obviously, again, no first-rounder. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to get guys like Drake London out of USD or even a Traylon Burke. He didn't help himself to combine his performance, but still be a first-round pick. 
Chris Olave of Ohio State, and he's going to go on the first. But there's a lot of other guys. I mean, there's a lot of other guys. Even guys who aren't as highly talented. Like, I like Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. I think he's going to be a really good player. I like him a lot. Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. I think he's a, he's a nice player. Um, this is a draft. They're going to have no problem in the second round. Like, they want to pull the trigger on a receiver who they feel like can start right away. They should be able to do that in the second round of this draft. I mean, there are all kinds of options. And like always, look, there's always going to be a guy or two who's surprisingly tall. And is that guy a receiver? And if it is, maybe the Bears get really lucky. And they get a guy who they feel like is a first-round talent. You know, a couple of years ago, I remember A.J. Brown. People thought he was going to be a first-round pick. He fell mid-second. Well, Tennessee snapped him up. He's, he's played okay for them. In, in free agency, I mean, I expect Mike Williams to get tagged if he's not signed by the Chargers. I'd be shocked if he doesn't, but you know, until it happens, he's a name. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is an interesting name. I think he's, a, I think he's still a very talented player. Um, you know, you start looking around. I mean, look, Sammy Watkins, to me, it's a, it's diminishing returns at this point, but he's out there. Um, you know, he, and he's a guy who, you know, if the Bears want to kind of take a flyer on somebody, they could. But there's there's so many names. I mean, Mari Cooper, it appears, is going to be cut, right? Mm-hmm. He'll be out there. Um, the list just goes on and on and on. I mean, there's just so many guys. So the Bears are going to have their opportunities to go out and, and make a move. The question is, who do they want to target? And can they win what is probably going to be a bidding war from these guys? Yeah, and then at the offensive line spot, uh, certainly could use an upgrade at the center. I don't know how much Ryan Poles believes in Tevin Jenkins. Didn't say a whole lot about him about him when he talked at the combine. But uh, Ryan Jensen's a guy, maybe who you know is a center who yep. kind of locked down. That I mean, that's the sort of guy I think Ryan Poles is looking for. And um, Bears, it feels like you, we know how that off offensive lines are built, Matt. Right? You, it, it's 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 a brotherhood. You, you need a leader on that offensive line, and, and I feel like Jensen could be. A, a good, perfect spot um, for that offensive line. But any other linemen you think that, that Ryan Poles could target here this offseason? Well, you're right. I mean, center is, to me, for them, the number one thing. And, and, and Bozeman out of is, is, is one guy who I think is an interesting um, you know, target. He's He's been a good center for a long time. But Jensen is the guy, right? It's center. I mean, Jensen's the guy. If you got him, that's a – that's a Pro Bowl level player. That's a borderline All Pro level player. Mm-hmm. I also think I know he's a guard, but Brandon Sheriff to me, like he's one of the top five guards in football. And at this point, if I'm the Bears, I am just looking at let's just get really good players in here, like, and then start right. figuring it out. I mean, you know, I, I think you know, Sheriff is a guy. Would they go after him at guard? I don't know. You know, it probably makes more sense to go after Jensen. Heck, maybe we have to bolt. I mean, Poles last year was part of the front office that. No, I know going into the offseason last year with the Chiefs after the way they lost that Super Bowl in Tampa, there was a lot of thought of, like, okay, they'll bring back, you know, Fisher and maybe Mitchell Schwartz, and then, of course, Schwartz ends up retiring. The Chiefs ended up doing none of that. They completely blew it up. They went out and signed Joe Tooney to a record deal for a guard, and they still were at the 11th hour in on Trent Williams. They were trying to sign them both. Uh, you know, for a left tackle, they ended up trading for Orlando Brown. They ended up. You know, they, they draft Creed Humphrey in the second round, who was, who was tremendous at center, and then Trey Smith, who was an awesome right guard for them. So, Poles has seen a rebuild on the fly happen quickly. He's been part of it. Um, but I think if you're, if you're the Bears, I think Jensen's your number one target in free agency. I, to me, that's a guy you're aggressively targeting. And then, okay, look, if you get him – you do have some talent at guard. I mean, Whitehair is uh, uh, one of the better guards, I think, in the league. 
Um, and then you start figuring it out. I mean, Tevin Jenkins, I think you have to at least try. He's going to be part of the solution um, in a perfect world. But they're going to be aggressive at, at, at offensive line because without that, you know, you're, you're already putting fields way behind. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to do it because I think in this defense that Ibru Flus likes, the edge rushers, and obviously all defenses, but when fully healthy, I think he's still one of the best in the NFL. But do you think there's any chance they'll float Khalil Mack in a trade? Uh, no, unless they just got the same value for him. No, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, you know, Ibru Flus, his defense is a cover two defense. They don't blitz a lot. So when you're when you play like that, You've got to be able to get pressure with four. You've got to be able to, to, to rush the quarterback. And you know, Mac, to me, is still a huge part of that. I, I get it. You know, he hasn't been the same guy in the last year or so. But I'm still, if I'm them, no. I'm, I'm rolling with bringing him back and letting him try to spearhead a little bit of a, of a you know, revamp defense. But the Bears, the Bears are not without talent. Like it's not like you look at the Bears and say, "Oh God, you know it's a total rebuild," like it is in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't feel like that. I personally, I think the Bears, like if they can protect Fields and they get him a, a weapon or two, they're interesting. Like they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but could, could they be a team to maybe fight for a wild card fight? Yeah, I think that. I mean, the NFL is built for teams to kind of rise and fall. So, um, you know, with Mac though, particularly, I, I wouldn't. I mean, unless. Again, unless some team, and I don't think this is going to happen, just calls them up and says, we're going to get a first-round pick. Unless that happens, no, I, I, would, I, would not, uh, I would not move him. Yeah, you know, for Ryan Poles, as you've mentioned, the one thing he doesn't have going for him is the lack of a first-round pick, and he only has five selections. The things he does have going for him is what we've mentioned, too, is that his two big needs, receiver and offensive line, it appears there are certainly a lot of options this offseason. He also doesn't have that incredible weight on his shoulders that literally every general manager who's ever been brought into Chicago or ever decision maker has been brought to Chicago uh, has had, which is he doesn't have to go out in his first offseason and find a quarterback. Now, that's not me saying Fields is a slam dunk, but he doesn't have this pressure this offseason to be like, what do I have to do with the quarterback? He's got a few years here to build around Justin Fields. That's that's big for him. Every other, you know, Ryan Pace, hey, go find a quarterback. And, and, he, and he whiffed. Although he did get Fields, which is kind of funny that he might have drafted the first ever franchise quarterback in, in team history. But I think this offseason for Ryan Poles is shaping up to be a very productive one. And again, he doesn't have that pressure of, I need to go find a quarterback in the draft or a free agency. I have a quarterback we right. can build around. I think that gives him, I don't know if momentum is the right word, but it, it certainly um, takes some pressure off, I think. I'm sure he's not taking any pressure off himself, but he, do, he's, he, doesn't have to, he doesn't have to overly worry about the quarterback spot for at least the next two, three years here in Chicago. Well, it gives him some freedom. Yeah. It gives him some freedom to say, okay, you know what? We hope and maybe believe we have our quarterback. And now it becomes about surrounding that guy with talent. I mean, I, I watch Justin Fields either live or you know going back on Game Pass every game he played last year. And there were some times he looked like a rookie. right? There were some times like, okay, you know, he's a little overmatched right now. But there were also times, even though they lost the game, I know I've shown me I'm Rob against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. he made some throws in that game that you're like, those are those are big-time throws. I mean, those are like Justin Herbert gunning it in there type throws. And I, I think, for me, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm looking at that saying, okay, 
let's see what this kid can do if they can actually block. They get him a weapon or two, you know, and, and we get a, we get a, a different offensive system in there that it is not, frankly, one of the more predictable ones that we've seen in years. Um, let's see what happens. And you're right. I mean, with, with polls not having to go find a quarterback and, and having a quarterback on a rookie deal on a cheap deal, that gives you the opportunity now to say, all right, let's go out and let's find some guys who can prop him up. We've already talked about a few of them, but I'd, I'd love to see the Bears go get Chet. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm curious to see you know, one guy from Kansas City who's a free agent, who's, a, who's not a big name, but who's been a good player for them. It's Andrew Wiley, their right tackle. He's not a guy who you're like, we're going to plug him in for a decade, but he's done a nice job in KC. He's a free agent. Maybe Poles can, can snag him, even if he's just a, you know, a swing tackle, or maybe he starts at some point here, depending on how Jenkins pans out. But I think you know he's a guy who's a cheap option who could be a really nice find. Um, I'd love to see the Bears go out and get themselves a real receiver, especially if Robinson ends up leaving. Um, you know, now who is that? Like I said, I mean Mike Williams. He probably gets tagged, but if he doesn't. I mean, I think he'd be an amazing fit in Chicago. Um, now I think Juju Smith-Schuster. I really do think he's an interesting piece. There's going to be so many guys. There's going to be so many guys in free agency. We'd sit here and talk about them for an hour. Um, that could help them. You know, if Jarvis Landry gets cut, you know, people love to joke about Jarvis Landry and like his yards per catch. He's a good player. He's a really good player. Um, you know, there's going to be options. So I think Chicago, look, Poles has the opportunity here to build around fields for the next couple of years. And if you can do so, and Fields turns out to be the player a lot of people think he is, then, you know, yeah, you're going to be able to compete, you know, in a few years in that division and maybe even in that conference. I want to get to your, your thoughts real quick on Mitch Trubisky in, in just a second. But I will say this, too, about Fields. And, and, you know, some of the highlights we saw from him, not great, but we also saw a lot of eye-opening stuff. One of them was that he can throw the ball down the field. And, again, small sample size, but even if you want to look at some of the advanced numbers I've seen, it's he, he can get it downfield and he can get it to his receivers. Something that Mitch Trubisky was never able to do in Chicago. I mean, I can't even think of one off the top of my head of him hitting a receiver downfield in stride. It, throw the ball down the field. So it's it's interesting to see this hype around Mitch Trubisky this offseason, and I don't know if it's just great work from his team of people really hyping him. And do I think he deserves another shot? Sure. But, uh, you know, I'm seeing Trubisky's going to get a huge deal, and he's, a, you know, he's the next starting quarterback for certain teams, and he had the year in Buffalo. I'm like, did we just, like, completely forget how he looked as a starting quarterback in Chicago? And granted, there were a lot of things that went into that. Matt Nagy didn't help him. The offense wasn't great. Blah, blah, blah. We, we've covered that a million times. But there's just a lot of hype I'm seeing around Mitch Trubisky. And good for him. Again, I do think he deserves another shot because I don't think he was put into a great situation here in Chicago. But And maybe it's just social media amplifying it more than the way I'm making it to be. But I, I guess your thoughts on Trubisky's future moving forward and, and what are you hearing about where he could land? Well, so being in Indianapolis uh, for, for the past week, it's it's incredible how many people in the league feel that Mr. Trubisky is going to get a nice deal and be a starter next year. And really kind of like a borderline question starter. Now, that's talk and that's belief. And we'll see what happens here when the free agency opens. Well, technically on the 16th, but really on the 14th. Um I will. I will say it. I, I don't get it. 
I, I just do not understand <laughs> for the life of me why any team is just lining up to pay Mr. Trubisky. Now, you will hear people say, well, this draft class is terrible quarterback, which other than Malik Willis, I agree. You'll hear people say, you know, the free agency class, who is there? And my argument is, like, would you not rather have James Winston? I, and I'm not a big Jameis guy. Like, I, I'll be out front with that. I'm not. But they threw for 5,000 yards a couple years ago, and I get a 30 picks game with it, but at least he can throw the ball. Like, I, Mitchell Trubisky, when did that ever happen? Never. Like, I, it never happened never. here in Chicago. Not one time, man. It was so frustrating. And it's like this idea that, like, well, Matt Nagy just held him back. I would argue that Matt Nagy gets more craft than he deserves. Like, they went to the playoffs twice, and he had no quarterback. Like, it's like Steelers fans argued with me last year at nauseum when I was just saying Roethlisberger just stinks. He can't throw a ball. And I always get these responses of, like, well, if they would just open up the offense. It's like they can't open up the offense. He's terrible. They cannot open up the offense. They'll throw 45 interceptions. Like, do you not understand that? And the Bears could not open up the offense with Mitchell Trubisky because he was terrible. Like, Matt Nagy is not an idiot. Like, he, he realized, look, I have to play the hand I'm dealt. We've got to run the ball. Now, I'm not saying he was perfect, by the way, by any means. But I do think sometimes this idea that, like, well, why don't they play a different way? Why aren't they more wide open? Because they can't be. Because they're Mitchell Trubisky. And... You know, I think, look, there's, you know, he probably ends up with one of these teams that's desperate for quarterback, right? It's like Denver, Washington. New York. Or maybe even a Pittsburgh, right? I mean, it's going to be a team like that. But, you know, you talk to people who feel like he's going to get 10 to $15 million a year. I, I, mean, it, I just could not understand this. Like, everybody, nobody wanted him last year. He signed in Buffalo for one year and $2.5 And by all accounts, was a great teammate, constant professional. And that's fine. Hey, let's kudos to him for that. A lot of guys wouldn't have been. Kudos to him. He, the man, eight passes with a pick last year. Like, I, I just cannot understand. Like, what did he do that everybody all of a sudden thinks he's, he's better? Like, I would rather have Winston. I'd rather forfeit a, a day two pick and get Garoppolo. Would you rather have Nick Foles? That's a serious question. Oh, God. No, probably not just because of the age. Yeah. But do I think Nick Foles, like, if you, but, but, Kevin, if you said to me, it's your life. Who do you want starting in a playoff game? For you? I would take Nick Foles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just if you said to me, who would you rather have, Trubisky or Marcus Mariota? Because because Mariota gets hurt a decent amount, I'd probably take Trubisky. But I do have an argument. I do, and Winston to me is a no brainer. I would easily take Winston over over Trubisky. Like, I don't. I don't, I don't get it. Well, I wrote it. I'm glad this is your action. Look, I'm not trying to trash Trubisky by any means or anything like that. And like I said, I, I think he does make sense. Like, you know, New York, he makes a lot of sense, right? You guys from Buffalo that went over there and Daniel Jones. If that doesn't work out, it's like, all right, Mitch, here's your second shot at some point during the regular season. But this idea, and again, like I said, it seems like some really good PR work by his people. I, I just, I guess, the overall, um, and maybe it is because it's kind of a weak free agent. There really isn't a whole lot out there with the with the draft and free agency, like you said. But I don't know. I had to get your, uh, I had to gauge your temperature there on the Mitch Trubisky hype because I'm like, did, did we just like forget? And I, it's it's not surprising, right? Like what social media has done to the sports culture, people just forget. People forget just two, three years ago how bad the Bears' offense was with Mitch Trubisky and how much of a nightmare it was and how much he failed to get the ball downfield. And 
Yeah, I mean, Nagy didn't help, but th- that was a big part of it. He just could never hit anybody on field. So I don't know. We don't have to keep hammering on Trubisky here, but it was, I just kind of keep seeing that pop up and my jaw drops. It's like, what are we talking about here? Like, this guy's a savior. And, and look, good for Trubisky, right? The market is playing into his hands, you know, where a team gets desperate, yeah. they get talked into this, ah, bad. Bad coaching, uh, bad system in Chicago, had a great reset year in Buffalo. All the all the basic lazy narratives are just all out there, and people are sucking him up, and he's going to probably get paid this offseason. Good for him. I just don't I just don't get the huge hype for it. You know, I really – and you're right. Like, I don't want to slam them either. Well, I know I, I basically did. <laughs> um, but I, I, look, my, I guess my, my brand in life is honesty, and I just cannot for the life of me. I, like, I was talking to someone in Indianapolis in the league about this, and, I, and, and they were kind of saying, yeah, 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 he's going to get paid. I asked the person, why? <laughs> yeah. like, what? Like, why? And, and he kind of laughed. Like, there was no answer. It was just kind of like, he's going to. And I think, look, the real reason is, and this isn't a knock on him, it's just a fact, the draft class is not good for quarterbacks. For agency, there is nobody out there who you're really excited about. Rodgers isn't getting traded. Doesn't sound like Russell Wilson's going to get traded. Okay. And then there's Garoppolo and Wentz. Now, I think both guys are better than Trubisky. However, it's going to cost you picks to get those guys. And neither one of them are like, oh, this guy's going to win me a Super Bowl. I mean, Garoppolo, heck, he got close. And Wentz actually has a ring. He had the year where he was great. The only year of his career, we were like, wow, he's awesome. And then, you know, unfortunately got hurt. But I think most people at this, feel, at this point feel like, okay, those two guys are average and do we want to give up a pick or would we rather keep our picks and just take Trubisky as a placeholder and hope maybe we can fix him my argument with Trubisky is this he was the number two overall pick fine if he was the number 40 overall pick yeah this would not be happening try to sign him no it would not not a soul on earth who would say like like if Drew Locke were to hit the market tomorrow who is clamoring to sign Drew Locke? <laughs> Nobody, right? Because some second round pick, it didn't work out. But he, Trubisky, was the number two pick, and so everybody feels like okay, I can fix him. I can fix him. And you know what? Maybe he proves us all wrong. Maybe he goes to Washington or to Denver, and he steps up, and he and he finds a system that's perfect for him, and it works. And you know what? If that happens, God bless him. But I, it, it this is idea. Yeah, you're just going to pay this guy. Like I, it's like when the Bears signed Glennon, and it was like two games in, like it's a disaster. Yep, like same deal. It's uh, it's a great point by you. The whole second pick label because the second pick label here in Chicago drove Bears fans to insanity, right? Because and understandably, you're the second overall pick. And like we've gone on this, like it wasn't his fault. He was picked second by Ryan Pace, who completely reached on that and completely misfired and was a horrible selection and all of that. But then the I when he's picked second, everyone thinks you're the second overall pick. You need to be a stud, right? But it also was like probably just be mad at the general manager who who picked him second, and then now he's in a situation where that second pick label might actually help him. You know where. It's like here in Chicago, it's like your second pick. You should be a franchise quarterback. Blah 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 blah. It's like, well, he didn't he didn't pick himself second. That was the general manager. And now it's like, and it's a great point. I agree. People are probably just like, well, he has that second pick talent. It's like, no, Ryan Pace just missed on this completely. He completely botched that draft. He botched the Trubisky selection. But 
you know, that second pick label might help him out this offseason. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm based here in Chicago or just outside Chicago these days. Yeah. But, I mean, it's – no, like, I I would drive in and out of, to work, you know, for Bisky with the quarterback and turn on the radio and just hear nonstop, <laughs> like, I cannot believe we took this guy over Watson and Mahomes, right? I mean, that was a refrain basically, what you know, the entirety of his career in Chicago. And, you know, look, I think some of that stuff's like unfair to him. It's not his fault they took him number two overall, right? I mean, right. I mean, the, the Bears are the ones who screwed it up. I mean, they're the ones who you know, made the guy number two pick. They could have taken Watson. I will forever say, look, people were like, they should have taken Mahomes. Nobody thought Mahomes was worth the number two overall pick. Nobody. Watson? Watson's the one where you go, okay, yeah, he could have been taken at that spot. And obviously right now, they're even going on. Um, you know, maybe wise to pass there as well, but um, that number two overall pick label is going to help him because his teams are. That's how they're going to sell him to the fans. It's going to be, hey, we can fix this guy. Did you know he got drafted ahead of Mahomes? You know how talented he's got to be. Like that's right. going to be now. Exactly. That sales job doesn't work come week six when he has turned down the deep ball to check it down to the back on third and nineteen. Okay, but that's going to be the narrative. And he's going to get paid, and some fan base is going to go from being disgusted by the deal to completely talking themselves into a Super Bowl by the time we get to September, because that's how <laughs> fandom works. Yep. And then, and then fandom also works that when he's nine for twenty in Week One um, with a pick, and the offense has scored eight points, uh, the fandom also works where it's going to go, "Oh my God, how did we give this guy a three-year contract?" But that is that is the NFL. Yeah, I know you mentioned it, but that yeah, it brings back some Mike Glennon nightmares for sure. Where some, for whatever reason, Ryan Pace was talking to that. All right, I've kept you for. Can I just get your quick take on the Calvin Ridley situation? A year suspension. Uh, there is just an endless stream of cash, really, in in all walks of life in the media and sports, coming from these sports books that the NFL is very much on board with. All the professional leagues are. Yep. Uh, he, sh- I don't. I'll just get your take. What are your thoughts on Calvin Ridley getting suspended for an entire season? He's lucky he didn't get suspended for his life. I mean, honestly. And I know there are people out there who say, come on, it's a different day and age, and you know, the NFL is making an ungodly amount of money off these books, and that's all true. problem is, if you're a player, you know you cannot bet on games. You cannot do it. It is posted. Every building in the NFL, you're told it nonstop, and they went out and they did this anyway. They went out and they and, and, and so really does it anyway, but fifteen hundred dollars and loses eleven million, which might be the worst bet of all time. Um, I, I, I in a joking note, I did know like he he bet an eighteen parlay as part of this, <laughs> which makes him like the everyman. Like I feel like everybody I know who bets, like they always have like a five dollars right. and they just throw it out like an eight teamer mm-hmm. and they're like, Yeah, six hundred dollars if I win. <laughs> right. Um which he did and then lost $11 million. So maybe not the best uh, value proposition in the world. But no, it's seriousness. The NFL has to come down heavy-handed here. You cannot gamble if you're a player. And for those who say, well, it's not fair that the league makes so much money and the players don't, that's nonsense. The players also are going to see a big chunk of that because their salaries and the money that they get, the money set aside by the NFL for the salary cap, these teams, comes out of a percentage of the league's revenues. So if the revenues are exploding because of gambling, the players are absolutely going to get some of that money on the back end when they sign their contracts. So 
the players are benefiting from gambling. They absolutely are. Um, Ridley has to know better. Everybody in the league is very well aware of the rules. Those have been the rules forever. He's not the first player to get suspended for gambling. Paul Horning and Alex Harris are both the Hall of Fame. were suspended in the 60s for one year by Pete Rozelle for gambling on games. Um, and lastly, the other argument I have seen is, well, he bet on his own team. Okay, that's great. Right? Like, in theory, okay, so he's betting on his own team. He's betting on his guys to win. You know, if, and he didn't play in the games he bet on. But if he had, well, he, you know, he's, of course, going all out. He's trying to win the game for himself and for, for his finances. The problem with that is, what if you are in cahoots with a guy on the other side take a dive? Then what? Yeah, I, look, like, I'm a, I agree with everything you just said. And the, the bottom line of it comes down to, and look, we can roll our eyes at a lot of things when it comes to the NFL, but it does come down to the integrity of the game and protecting that because if there's any doubts in the minds of fans watching and if this snowballs into something, that ruins the product, like, to a different extent, and you have to protect that. I'm not surprised by this, and I wonder how many players around the league right now are sweating who probably at some point did something like this. Um, Calvin Ridley was flagged, but I think it sent a hard message. And, yeah, Calvin yep. Ridley was was due for about $11 million next year, so that's uh, not good for him. But, yeah, I, I agree with just about everything you said. I think the NFL had to come down heavy-handed. Um, he is Matt Verderam. This uh, turned into a lengthy conversation. It's always fun. I could talk to you forever about football, Matt. I really appreciate you joining me. Follow him on Fansided. Read his stuff. Does a great job. Matt, thanks again for joining the podcast. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Anytime. And that was episode 31 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you again for listening. Thanks to Ernie Scatton and Brian Altimer for their help producing the podcast. And thank you to Matt Verderam from Fansided. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.